Steve Dangle Podcast. Powered by Sports Interaction. Wanna bet? The Steve Dangle Podcast. With your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. All right, hey, welcome to the uh, Steve Dangle Podcast live Whoa. from Nashville. Woo. If we sound a little uh, a little bit slower this morning, it's because uh, we had a bit of a late night last night at Eric Young's. I, I want to run you I'm through. I'm fine. <laughs> the biggest lie told in Nashville today uh-huh. was Julian McKenzie telling the world that he wasn't hungover. Oh, get out. When oh, he was my God. very much, <laughs> very hungover. Extremely. <laughs> Extremely. It it was a uh, it was a fun night. I'll, I'll, I do want to give a shout out to Shakir, who is a big SDP listener, who was in security screening. I walked oh, in. Oh yeah. Did you see him too? Yeah, yeah. We came through the same one. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I just had Adam. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like, I was watching you guys on YouTube last night, so yeah. I want to shout him out uh, and all the screeners there. And we get onto the plane, and uh, the three of us are sitting together. Justin and Drew are the row ahead of us, and who's next to us is. Mike Zeisberger from NHL.com. Big Z. Big Z, who is just awesome. Lots of fun to yeah. talk to him on the way. Love, love Mike. So we get here. We drop our, st- our stuff. And then we, Jesse's got like an itinerary planned like he's yeah. your, your, your mom and you're going on a family vacation. No, we had a bunch of content we got to shoot because we got to do stuff while we're here. So we yeah, did we, pretty well. We headed down to Broadway and we did a lot of fun yeah. stuff. I don't know, like. It's. Pro- I don't know when it's going to be released. Yeah, it'll be. It'll be some, within within the next couple of days. Drew's working on it. Yeah, yeah. It's so much fun. Short thing. Mechanical bowl. Eating hot chicken sandwich. Oh, uh, yeah. We also did the bachelorette party thing, which is uh, the thing to do in Nashville, where you get on those pedal bikes, yeah. bar bike, pedal tavern, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It was an absolute riot. We ended up with people. Uh, from I think some people from Tennessee, some people from Michigan, and then Virginia. Uh, Virginia, and and it was. But the crazy thing is, we walk up, and there's a group of group of guys who are in their early twenties, I think, and they're like, "Holy shit!" Uh, they're like, "We just we just filled out our bingo card," and we're like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> no. So these guys are are uh, SDP fans. They came down for the draft. They're from New Jersey, and they had a bingo card of things they want to do here in Nashville. And one of them it says, "Meet Steve Dangle," on it. Yeah, and they met, and they were they were a riot. They yeah. were so much fun. And they're like, "We did a shot with you last year in Montreal. Do you remember?" <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. No. It took me a solid two minutes, but I did get there. Oh yeah, I did because because I was like, "When would I have?" Because on the last night we went to a bar that was just stuffed with every member of hockey media. It was crazy. But I think those guys just walked in towards the end and they're like, yeah. oh, I recognize that person. I recognize that person. What, what, what the hell's going on here? And uh, they gave me a shot. And the one guy goes, you ate the lemon. Because that's my one like party stunt that I do when I'm too drunk. That's disgusting. You eat, the, le- you eat the rind the, too? The tequila shot and I eat the entire thing. That's disgusting. Why do you do that? Those, Shock those value. are so dirty. Yeah, I have know. you ever read those articles? Yeah. I always tell people in the bar, like, don't put a lemon in my drink ever. Yeah, yeah but it was one of my first big excursions after COVID. I wanted to build the immune system back up. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So gross. Now, there was uh, – I don't want to spend too much time on that because there was a lot of hockey yesterday. Mm-hmm. And we'll start with uh, – I think the deal that – that people were kind of really surprised by, which is Tyler Toffoli to New Jersey for uh, Sarangovich. And we found out this morning that Sarangovich re-signed in Calgary for $3.1 million, uh, per year over two years. Third round pick will also be uh, Calgary's way, and that's in today's draft. Uh, but, I mean, for a guy who was had 34 goals and 73 points on a team in Calgary that couldn't score, Tyler Toffoli in New Jersey, 
is going to be pretty scary. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they became uh, more of what they are. Um, you know, I, I think players, you know, get stuck with labels like Tyler Toffoli, you know, maybe small. Yeah. Right? And New Jersey got stuck with the label small. And I screwed that up uh, looking into the playoffs, seeing them play the Rangers, and I'm like, oh, the Rangers are going to run them over. Yeah. First two games, yeah. I looked like a genius. And then the Devils, I think, won the next. But did that series go seven? I think it did. It, yeah. Well, yeah. whatever. They won. The The Devils did. But Toffoli's also a cup champion <laughs> already. Yeah. And like you said, he was, you know, maybe the best forward or best winger anyway on a Calgary team that couldn't score. Like, mm-hmm. the Devils are going to – I'd be very surprised if they weren't a top-five offense next season, if not top. It felt like last year was the Devils' coming-out party, and oh, yeah. all those years – remember all those build-ups every year? It's like, oh, the Devils, they're going to be good, and they have all these prospects, and they're going to be good. And then finally they did it, they and did they're it. like, oh, the Devils are good now. Yeah. And then now they're a problem. Now it's yeah. like they're a thing to be reckoned oh, with yeah. in the East. So and and it's great, exciting. great extensions. The sign is like the yeah. Jack Hughes extension, incredible. The Nico Heischer extension, really incredible. Uh, you know, Timo Brat. Yes, yeah, Jesper Brat. And you know, mm-hmm. Timo Meyer is going to get his done probably in the next few days. They right? were rumored. Uh, I mean, yeah, geez, I got to have my. Phone. I don't even know if they qualified him yet, but uh, it's going to be eight years something. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, they're they're going to I think lead the league in scoring, and they, <laughs> I mean. I like Sharon Govich, man, but that is not a great price for Calgary. It's not. And it's interesting. This isn't a great quote Mm. for Calgary. And by the way, Alan Walsh is joining us in about five minutes. He's on his way. Oh, really? He just wants to kind of pop in and say hello. (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah. um, He's coming to the house. He he did his, like, GM tour this morning, and he's like, I want to pop by and be on the show. We're like, okay. Where's he going to sit? Squeeze him right next to Adam. We got a couch. We'll get all by not next to the guy he hosts a podcast with. He's got no, to put him there. there. Yeah, well, uh, so Toffoli, Toffoli said this. Uh, he said, I was waiting for an extension conversation, and there was none coming, and it didn't feel like there was one in the future. It didn't sound like there was any sort of need for me or want in a way. So it was a personal decision. I thought it was time for myself and my wife to experience something different and move forward. And I know Flames fans are upset with this quote, uh, but from everything that we have heard. They gave up. A- a decent chunk for him. They too. did, it, but, but everything we have heard is they dragged their feet. And you know what? The Flames have done this before. They did this famously with Johnny Gaudreau. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau never got the real offer that he was supposed to get from the Flames until about 10 minutes to midnight on free agency last year. And this is why the Flames and Murray Edwards specifically need to take a real good hard look at how they're treating the players that are the most productive for them. Mm-hmm. Because, listen... Toffoli wanted to stay. He liked it there. He was a pro Sutter guy, but it's not Sutter that's why he's leaving. But when he said, I want an extension and let's work on that, and we're counting down to the draft here and you got nothing done, there was obviously some sort of conversation that happened between him and Craig Conroy. And Craig Conroy has to jump on that. He has to jump on that. Sharon, Sharon Govich is not enough to offset A, what you gave up, and B, what you gave up in talent. I, I think, I want to say you said... Uh, at some point, there's going to be a deep, deep, deep dive on the Calgary Flames. And I can't wait to read it because, you know, this was one of the main criticisms of Brad Treliving. And now uh, the person who's taken over the job from him appears to be making the same mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone seems to want out. And that extends back to uh, Gaudreau left. Uh, Kachuk wanted out of Calgary. Uh, to Foley. 
we don't have an answer on Elias Lindholm. Noah Hannafin, Michael Backlund might be going. What is happening in Calgary right now? So I what is going on? I asked Julian about it this morning a little bit and asked CJ about it, and, and I'm not, you know, speaking out of school here. It seems like the ball's sort of rolling downhill for the Flames. Because you look at this, right? Lindholm has been pitched twice in the last two weeks on an eight-year extension. And apparently, the, the second pitch was a couple days ago here in Nashville. And uh, both times, he's resisted that. So you're looking at Lindholm, who's the centerpiece of this team. Uh, Toffoli's already gone. Goudreau and Kachuk last year. Kadri and Huberto, unfortunately, just didn't work out under that coach. But you're looking at this, and now Hannafin apparently wants to go back to the States. He's, for, he's from Massachusetts. Uh, and Backlund, who just won like a leadership award, has been there 14 years. He's got to be looking at it as, as a 35-year-old. And he's a dyed-in-the-wool flame. Yep. But right. this is a team that is very quickly seeing their Stanley Cup window close. And in okay, fact, I think it's done. Why? Why is the question? Well, okay. So I wondered if it was just like a domino effect. Like, okay, we thought we would have good replacements with Huberto and Kadri. That didn't quite work. But if we gave it another year, it might be a thing. But if Toffoli starts to say, okay, I'm not going to be in. And then if, you, if you're Hannafin and you had any doubts, you're probably like, okay, well, maybe this is my time too. Kind of like with Kachuk. And then Backlund's looking at it like, well, if those two guys are gone, like, I want to win a cup. I'm not going to win it here. And then you, uh, and then, you know, Lindholm, may not want to be there. And I think that's the major piece for the, for the other two guys. If Lindholm is not going to stay, He's such a good it, it might not be that they don't, it might not be even a culture thing in Calgary. Although we know there was something with the coach. It might just be, I need a different window. And this team's window, do, and I'm not interested in a rebuild. So F- Flames fans listening to this, who knows? Maybe this will be out of date by the time you listen to it. Probably will. <laughs> but this doesn't mean the Flames need to stink. And this doesn't no. mean they need to get rid of everybody for futures. Um, that's sort of what we thought was going to happen with the Winnipeg Jets and Pierre-Luc Dubois because they were painted into a corner. It looked like it was only going to be one team. They were going to get like a third and a fifth or something. And who do they get? Three dudes who are going to be on the Jets roster and yeah. a future. It was a great trade. We'll get, and we'll get into it more We'll, a we'll get later. into it more later. But that that is a real, like, uh, the, the Jets get out of a, a tight situation and – you could argue got better. Like, I, I mean, the best player in the trade is Pierre-Luc Dubois. But, like, I like Alf, uh, Ayafalo. Like Velarde. I like Velarde. Oh, yeah. uh, Kupari's uh, got some some future in him. So, like, I, I don't really think the Jets take a step backward there. Also, there needs to be more of a, a fully fledged out uh, picture there. Shifley, Hellebuck. Well, now that I think of it, it's extremely similar to the Flames because they have all these moving pieces too. So I don't love the Toffoli trade for them, but that doesn't need to mean that next year is a huge step backwards. They're going to have to play this smart. I think yes. a seemingly innocuous quote by Craig Conroy that should be obvious is now biting them a little bit because he came up and he said, uh, and I don't know if it's biting him specifically, but he come, comes up in his introductory press conference and rightfully says, we want players here that want to be here. You're right. Right. And now what he's finding is uh, a lot of them don't. No one wants and, and, and if yeah. that's your ethos, you got to stick to that. So, I, you know, they wanted to remain competitive, and why wouldn't they? They want it to be win now, and why wouldn't they if you look at their roster up until yesterday? I wonder if this domino effect has changed now. Because if, if I were him this morning, I'd be sitting down and going, okay, uh, none of these guys want to stick around. We can't take the risk of leaving, losing Lindholm next year in, in, in free agency. We could try to maybe convince him over the course of the year with the new head coach and maybe Huberto bouncing back and Kadri bouncing back and not being injured. But 
is this maybe a time for Calgary to do a quick retool? You could sell at the deadline, but you don't want to. You don't want to be in a position where you're like, oh, this guy's contract's expiring. Let's get rid of him because we're not going to make the playoffs anyway. Yeah. They want to. So Sometimes the best way to do it is to be active. Get Lynn, you know, if, if it's Lindholm as the guy and you look at the return you got for Pierre-Luc Dubois, um, I mean, Lindholm's an unquestionably better player with a better resume. There's He's a older. Few teams, mm-hmm. few teams losing their mind. Like, uh, uh, well, L.A., obviously. Boston's cap situation is actually not great mm-hmm. um well they were already over from last year were they not they have like 11 million in space but six forwards yeah that's the reason why taylor hall has to leave yeah that yeah no that's after taylor hall yeah and Foligno but that's why so, they have to make those yeah and bertuzzi exactly. bertuzzi yeah. won't be back yeah but they have defenders so do you you know is there maybe a calgary boston deal that could be done there i see that making some right. sense calgary's they're in a tricky spot too because they don't want to be bad like, it'd be exactly. so much easier if they wanted to be bad, you know, yes. just sell off and all that stuff. But they can't, unfortunately. Do the players force your hand? Like, no. is this where the, the players basically say, you know, we're leaving, so you're going to have to retire? No, there are other players. Like, Calgary has good players, and you can get good players back if you're creative. That is the good news. Yeah. The good news is you have assets. <laughs> yeah. A smart management group should be able to do something with this, mm-hmm. even if it's not totally in your favor. Guy like Lindholm potentially becoming available is fascinating. I mean, you you oh, got all of them. If Pierre Luc Dubois is eight and a half over eight, and you can understand why he's twenty four year old center or whatever, sure. and it fits LA perfectly for I think what they're trying to do. What does Lindholm pull back in return, and then what's that extension look like? If you look at Huberto's extension, eight years, ten and a half per. How he, would it be any different? He loses points for being older than Dubois. He gains points for being better. <laughs> Then Dubois, yeah. at, at least right now at this stage in his career, like Lindholm, I, I want to say is 27, 28. And you're going to sign him. He's a 40 to, goal scorer. And- yes, but you're also going to sign him to eight years. And at least three of those years are, he's not going to be worth the money that you're paying him mm-hmm. because he'll be, I don't know, 33, four or five. Mm-hmm. Which isn't there. that old. But- it, no, it's. You know, it's just easy, NHL. Easy for you to say, Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm but, just saying, like he can still be productive at 34. Is probably not the fullest of the contract. Yeah, but at eight million. Yeah. But but here's the thing, and we'll get into this with the comp deal later too. Remember where the cap's going. This is not going to be a people are are looking yeah. at this in a flat cap world. Lindholm's extension won't even kick in until the cap goes up by like four and a half million dollars. Do you know anyone who knows anything about the cap situation? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. You, you can't – don't tell me that it's gonna, It's not going to stay flat next year. No, no, let's, no, no. I'm saying let's bring on your – Yeah, let's ask oh, – Oh, you mean Walt? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's bring him let's on. Go get Maybe him. he knows something. <laughs> All right. Your bat looks a lot bigger when it's not surrounded by other bats, wouldn't you say? It stands out. Other bats? Baseball they, is back. I feel like you should have gone with like other base uh, baseballs or grass. Well, because we're talking about your bat here, right? We want you to have a nice clean bat. Yeah, the For bat. The, summer. the bat looks bigger when it's not on surrounded by grass. Okay, would be a better sure. analogy. Okay, yeah. If your bat's in tall grass, yeah. Okay, there We're you go. There. Okay. Like you don't want Field of Dreams. We don't want to hide your bat in the thing in the back of the Field of Dreams. Yeah. Or trim your Wrigley Field. There you go. There, Bingo. Yeah, there it is. And you get twenty percent off with Manscaped if you use the promo code Dangle. Twenty percent off and free shipping. Now we've already told you about the Lawnmower 4.0. Um, and basically, it is the Mike Trout of trimmers. Uh, your confidence level will be sky high 
like a well-hit baseball from Shohei Otani. Yeah. <laughs> what, sh um, what about here? I got one. Okay, go. Shave okay. the bat. Which is also it's um like the base of your penis. <laughs> what? Oh. That's 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 what the ad read says. Uh, <laughs> Use the promo code Dangle for twenty percent off and free shipping at Manscaped.com. Again, it's promo code Dangle twenty percent off, free shipping Manscaped.com and Dangle is spelled D-A-N-G-L-E. <laughs> that's the worst thing you've ever done. That's terrible. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcoming uh, Gary Bettman's biggest fan. It's Alan Walsh, <laughs> the agent provocateur. Alan, thanks for stopping by. So this morning, uh, I know that you were cut it out doing your runs and that sort of thing, you know. So the fact that you even have time for us on draft day is actually shocking to oh, me. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you're here, but I, I was... Oh, you guys. <laughs> we got to get you, Mike, a little bit closer. There we go. Beautiful. Yeah. It's us. Well, I mean... So, so what does, what has the last few days looked like for you? Last summer was extremely busy. Yep. A lot of major clients moving and that sort of thing. What's it like this year? You're wheeling guys around who are having interviews with different NHL teams who are eligible for the draft, who are in town. Uh, and you're getting all your ducks in a row when it comes to preparing for free agency. And how are you feeling about all that? I feel good. Yeah? Yeah. I love this time of year. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, it's not a lot of sleep. You don't sleep a lot anyway. No. No. <laughs> I probably last night three hours. But that's normal. For that's you, a lot right? for you, right? Yeah. yeah actually, I yeah, was... Why uh, so lazy? I, <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing people say about me. You need to work hard. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> this guy doesn't do enough. <laughs> oh, my God. So, okay. For, from an agent's perspective, you, you touched down when? When did you get in here? I got in Monday noon. Okay. And then you're obviously got the, the awards that night. Do you go to that? The NHL awards? I do. Okay. And is there, is there business done there? Or is that just kind of like a party sort of hi everybody? Like hmm. every, every interaction is, is, is transactional in the sense that you're doing some sort of sort of business. Right. Right. So I got in and then Tuesday, uh, there was a bit of a curveball thrown at me Two of my uh, players coming in from Europe were stranded in New York area airports right. in the severe thunderstorms. Ugh. And we just kept putting them on the next flight, the next flight, the next flight, and every flight canceled. Oh, my God. Wow. They spent like eight, nine, ten hours, ended up having to spend the night in New York City, and then even the next morning, there are no flights. Oh. They ultimately ended up renting cars. And, and drove 14 hours from oh, New York City wow. to Nashville. And and some of them just got in middle of the night last night. Wow. Can we ask who they were? Uh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, I Thanks, would amend that. Yeah. You can ask, but I'm not yeah. telling you. Oh, go. <laughs> got, it. got it. That's hilarious. Do you have quite a few prospects in this draft? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's it, it's kind of weird sitting next to you. Yeah. 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 Hi. <laughs> we rarely get to see each other. It's funny, you know. It's like yeah. this. this is only what the third time I think we've met, like Probably. in person. Yeah. yeah. Montreal, Toronto, Toronto. Toronto yeah, we had a yeah. we had a late night in Toronto. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alan, Alan kept us up real late at a, at a dinner on and a then school I, night. Yeah, and I was like, oh god, I gotta be up at four thirty. He's like, you can do it, man. You'll be fine. <laughs> uh, but you know, I think. What's, what's so exciting about the draft, too, is there's a lot of hope in the air. 
right? There's for, especially for the kids and that sort of thing. What do you tell them going into tonight? You know, because you'll probably have a phone call with each of them a few times today. Mm-hmm. What do you tell them? What do you tell their families going into tonight? That uh, the draft is a momentous milestone in their careers, uh, but it is only a snapshot of what teams think of you on this particular day. And getting drafted, even if you're a high first round pick, only puts you on the starting line. Hmm. That's where it puts you. you. You've been doing all this work up till now to get to the starting line. Yeah. And only, like to me, the draft is when the gun goes off and the run starts. That's what it is. And uh, if you go back one year, two years, three years, the and, and, and do a redraft of the players knowing what we know, know now, it'd be completely different. Sure. I mean, right. you look at David Juracek where he went six last year. And we were talking about it, I think, earlier this. It was either on the show or not. I can never tell when I remember our conversations whether they were on the air or not. But, you know, you redraft that, he's probably top three. Or maybe even number one. Yeah. Like, he's really had an outstanding year. He was, so, wasn't he five? Six. Oh, six. six. Yeah. Oh, six no, to Columbus no. and uh, AHL Rookie uh, Defenseman of the Year. Yeah, right. Not, not that anyone's keeping score. No, no. <laughs> he was actually one of the highlights. You know, him meeting, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> meeting him, meeting his family last year in Montreal. And yeah, we still talk about it. Oh, his he's dad, a good guy. His dad, who's yeah. just older, him. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah. They're like twins. It's crazy. A nice, nice person. Told us all about uh, about you know beer and and that sort of thing in, in his neck of the woods. So where Pilsner yeah. was invented. Now, yeah. Now yeah. here's the thing. David Yurichek has a younger brother who is the same size as David, who is eligible for the NHL draft next year. That's crazy. Who's his agent? (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you three guesses. What's his name? Uh, Adam. Adam. Oh, Adam. Oh. You know what? Yeah. First overall pick for yeah. sure. Then. Yeah. Um, and, and Adam's Adam's a defenseman. He's a defender. He's a right shot defenseman, just like his older brother. And nobody likes wow. those. Yeah, no. right They're shot not in demand at all. Wow. Every team has too many. Yeah. yeah. So I, you know, I want to yeah, ask only the LA Kings. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I, I wanted to ask about that. So Sean, <laughs> uh, oh, keep, keep up with me, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. Sean Dursey's off to, to Arizona. He's going to get, Pretty big opportunity there. Um, And this is a guy that, like, you know, has had a really good development curve, worked in a great system in Los Angeles, too, right? Like, you know, when you got Drew Doughty to look up to every day, it's kind of a a nice sort of map as to what it's going to take. He was also drawing pretty major minutes, right? He was 19, 20 minutes a game. Um, What do you expect for Sean, uh, as far as you can tell, with the situation with Bill Armstrong and the whole group in Arizona? Well, I think he's going to play top pair minutes, and he's going to be probably the uh, leading D-man on the first PP unit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, he's got the potential to put up a 50-point-plus season this coming year. And wow. he's got to be pretty darn excited about that. He's definitely excited about the opportunity. I mean, every player wants to play. Mm-hmm. And uh, the LA Kings were wonderful to him as an organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, they really were. I mean, they, it's the only real organization he got to really know. He was drafted by the lease, but, you know, mm-hmm. other than development camp, wasn't really part of it. Um, and, and I think that he felt, and I felt, that there was a, only a certain uh, ceiling that he could hit in LA 
because of the players that are already there. Exactly. There was a backlog on where he wanted to play. Yeah. Right. Yeah, front log, yeah. really. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Front log. Yeah. Look at it that way. Yeah. yeah. To the to the point where last season he played almost exclusively on the left side. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Is he excited to move back to the right? Uh, well, he played right his entire career, and he never played left until uh, last year. And I think that's uh, another tool in his toolbox, the fact that he um, embraced it. Mm-hmm. And not everybody would. He can do it. Uh, yeah. and, and he showed that he can do it. It's yeah. not surprising when you go back, because uh, I did a trade breakdown for SDPN about that specific trade, and I referenced our, our interview with him the season before. It's not surprising that a guy like him would take, you know, the challenge of it. You know, for people who are watching this are like, it's just the left side of the ice. It's like, yeah, but in, in the NHL, it really does. You know, maybe at rec league hockey, you don't care so much. But in the NHL, those things really do matter with comfort and where the boards are and how you're receiving the puck and all of those things. And, the fact and, that and, he cr- and passing, cr- you know, cross ice. Exactly. You know, right shot coming up on the left side. You know, there's a tendency to always go to the backhand, yep. and uh, and and you lose a little bit of uh, velocity on the cross ice passes when you're going on the backhand. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it's definitely a challenge. And uh, well, I'm I'm just not surprised that he would be uh, excited for a challenge like this. He just seems like a guy who just gets up for challenges. Period. Yeah. Um, are you allowed to give us any insight on how you receive a trade like that? Like how that information gets to you and then how you relay it to Dursey or if it's the other way around. Are you allowed to speak on that? Why not? I'd love to know. Only uh, only if you can. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you're breaking it. We're going to ask you questions and if we can't, we can't. Because I don't think that's an aspect of the game the average fan knows. Like how does this get to your ears and to Dursey's ears? Okay. So um, uh, Sean Dursey and his brothers were – had arranged a – 25th wedding anniversary party for his parents and it was at the parents house in the backyard there was caterers uh florists and something like 75 80 people invited and the party was just about to start no and and i get a call from rob blake and he says uh hey alan it's uh you know blakey here um do you know how to get a hold of uh, Sean Dursey? And the moment he said that, I knew. Right. Right? Are you allowed to ask at that point? Uh, yeah. And I, and I said, uh, y- y- what's going on? Hmm. He goes, well, you know, um, I hate to make these calls. You hate to make these calls. But uh, we had to make a trade. We've got some other things, you know, in the hopper. And we're really jammed up on the right side. So uh, Sean's been traded to Arizona, and uh, I just want to get a hold of him and talk to him myself before it gets released or ends up on Twitter or anything like that. Do you know how to reach him? And I said, uh, well, he's got a busy day right now. You know, there's uh, 75 people in the backyard for his parents' wedding anniversary. And he's like, oh, geez. I said, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll reach him and have him call you. And uh, I called Sean, and he picked up, and uh, I gave him the news, and I said, uh, nothing is going to be released right now until you call Blakey, and then you can expect it to, to go everywhere pretty quick. And that's what happened. When things like that, because they can leak, right? They can leak. Sometimes organizations have leaks or whatever. Uh, when they leak, does a GM call you apologizing, going, hey, I wanted to get a hold of you, but somehow this got out? Like, how does that happen? 
Um, it, it's not important to me that the GM contact me. Mm -hmm. What's really important to me is that the GM contact the player yep. before he hears about it anywhere else. You know, forget about me, but I'm okay with the player calling me and saying, I just got a call from the GM and my GM and I've been traded. That's fine. But what I really don't like is the GM not calling the player, not calling me, and seeing it get out there. And there's all different ways that trades get leaked out there. Um, you know, it could be somebody with a team. It could be somebody with the league who registers the trade on the trade call. There's all different ways that it could get out there. Uh, I just think that um, unless a player is in several different time zones and you've made multiple attempts to reach him through, you know, directly reaching out to him, text message, and calling his agent. You know, uh, I've, I've personally aware of trades that have held and held tight for over a day because they couldn't reach a player. Someone was on a pool noodle in Muskoka. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just floating around. Yeah. Phones on do not disturb or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Someone's on a holiday in Italy. Yeah. yeah. You oh, know, yeah. and uh, they got to reach somebody. You know, um, I'm sure Sean has lots of friends throughout the league, but you know, you had Boku Imama who was on the Arizona Coyotes. Is that the sort of situation where to help get Sean familiarized with the market, you would sort of hook the two up and, you know, oh, Boku can give you a lay of the land sort of thing? Um, I, I think that players on the team, the top guys, will naturally reach out to a player who's been traded. Right. Um, and, you know, hey, welcome to the team. You need anything? You know, I'm here. Yeah. Um, and they discuss stuff like, you know, where, where, where do you live? Where should I live? You know, all different stuff like that. I don't necessarily need to hook one guy up that I represent with another one that I represent unless there's a specific reason to do that. Okay. Wow. This is, you know, it's, it, it's funny getting it from your perspective because, you know, we hear the reports and, and, you know, the reporters are doing their jobs. They're getting the information out there, that sort of thing. But the, the human element, like 75 people in his backyard, it always happens that way. I think there's, there's all either stories of someone's at a, a wedding or someone is, you know, just got engaged or whatever. And these things happen. And the, and, and it's funny because the players have to save a lot of their family engagements and, and any family like life events for this time of year, because the rest of the year is just hockey. Yep. Right. So it kind of it's just a bit of a perfect storm. Um, you know, Alan. And again, if you can't answer this, you can't answer this. But, you know, there's <laughs> obviously there's some there's some movement in the Alan Walsh camp. Wanted to ask you about Max Pacioretty. Yeah. Uh, what are we expecting from him this summer? What kind of situation are you guys looking for? And uh, is he ready to come back? I will be on um, a week after free agency, and I can answer that question. Beautiful. Oh, okay. But uh, that's good. Delay till later. I like that tease. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a broadcast again. I'm not an Asian provocateur. Yeah. Uh, hey, July fourth. We have lots of options, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's one of the more intriguing names out there. I had to ask the question. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, it's going to be fascinating to see where he ends up that kind of situation. Yeah. Well, here, this is one you can't answer. Who's signing with the Leafs? We need AAV in term. <laughs> All right. AAV in term. Okay. Cut. Name names. Cut. <laughs> Name names. Uh, I tried. Well, I tried. It's right here and I tried. I love that. I love that. So, so listen, I mean, uh, 
when does this kind of cool down for you? When do you like, cause this has got to be toward, this has got to feel like the finish line. Yeah. When do you get up to like four or five hours a night? Yeah. <laughs> um, probably not till around August one. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because, um, you know, July 5th is the deadline to file for salary arbitration. And then those cases have a life of their own with a lot of work getting done to prepare arbitration briefs and get ready for hearings. And uh, that usually will take you until until August. Is it frustrating doing those arbitration briefs knowing that, what, 90% of them don't ever go to arbitration? No, I like it. Do you? <laughs> I'm not surprised by that. You're the one guy. You're the guy. You know, Part of my legal training and, and, and being a lawyer, um, I actually enjoy the process of watching the brief come together and, and working on it and, uh, and the way that you, know, you want, sometimes want to change some words or sentences or sometimes even the whole organization of the brief, you want to move it around a bit. I, I enjoy that. Wow. Wow. Well, and, and when do you, do you get to have like 20 uninterrupted moments or minutes with your family at any time soon too? Because I know your kids are home. They're back home from university, right? Yes. They are. And they're heading out um, like mid-August. Okay. So, so you got to take advantage of that so, two-week so window? Like that two-week window in August <laughs> oh is a critical God. time for all of us, as my wife keeps reminding me. <laughs> You have anything planned this year, you guys, or just hanging out at home? You, you know what? We kind of go by the seat of our pants. Yeah, you and and uh, I, I know it's frustrating, but we we were all determined to go away somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, last year we had an awesome family vacation before our daughter went to university, and we became empty nesters. So we're gonna look to go somewhere, you know, interesting and exciting where. Mm-hmm. We can have some family togetherness and alone time. I know Springsteen's on tour this summer. Are you going to any of the shows? Uh, I, I I can't believe I haven't made it out to Europe so far to see any it of the seems shows. Like a perfect vacation. But I I Is do. He I, in Prague? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Win some, you lose some. Uh, Vienna, yes. Oh. Okay. Uh, a bunch of the places in Germany. He just played in uh, Gothenburg, Sweden, last night. Wow. And um, and uh, there's going to be a a fall uh, uh, series of shows starting in the East Coast um, and then coming over to L.A. And he's playing um, San Diego, uh, Los Angeles, uh, multiple nights, and then San Francisco. You got to do the whole thing. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I, so I, you're I, right there. You that's a given, Jesse. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> can, I just, can I just say that? With all the numbers and terms and legal things that are floating through your head, the fact that you can remember all the concert dates for him too, it's amazing. It really yeah. is. Like, it's like, I can't remember when the Leafs are going to play a week ahead. And you're like, well, he's playing all these in, uh, and I know he's coming through Toronto too in November. Yes, he so is. I hope you're going to be in town. Are oh, you are? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, maybe I'm we're going to get a bunch of the Canadian shows. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I love that. <laughs> so I'm Alan, in, I'm in awe. I mean, all yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Um, hey, you, you will be when you see him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. we're going, we're going, we're going. we gotta go, we, we gotta, gotta go. go. We must go. Yeah. We have to go. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I saw Jay Weinberg. Now I got to see Max. That's there right. That's right. Yeah, Jay. Actually, I don't know if you know this, but Jay Jay reached out to to Steve on it was on Instagram. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, he invited my dad and I to see Slipknot. <laughs> I'm like. Dad, do you like Slipknot? He's like, uh, I know of them. And I was like, do you want to see them? And he and they melted our faces. Yeah. Really? It was, oh, dude, it was great. His dad's a big rock drummer, too. So it was kind yeah. of a cool thing. They seem like just great guys. He's in a band called Atomic Tomb. 
He's he's sixty six. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you should check it out. That he's unreal. Pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. it's cool. Yeah. It's cool. Oh, yeah. Well, listen, we won't take any more of your time, but the fact that you're here, the fact that you made time for us, we genuinely yeah. appreciate it. It's mm-hmm. great to see you. Like I, we always see each other on like uh, Zoom or our Zoom mm-hmm. equivalent, but. Uh, it's nice to see in person, and uh, good luck tonight with everything. Yeah, thank you. What a lot of people don't know is that we're like on the fourth level, oh. and they had me <laughs> climb four flights of stairs to get up here, and and I, I just catching my breath. <laughs> thanks, guys. Hey, thanks, I Alan. Don't need a, I don't need to go to the gym today. Yeah, <laughs> we, yeah, we give a free cardio exam and then a podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's great. Yeah. Thanks again, man. It's a pleasure. All right. So while we were talking to Alan, um, uh, Timo Meyer also re-upped with New Jersey. So eight years, eight point eight million per. Oh, seems like a is. really good contract. I mean, uh, I, <laughs> I mean, it was funny meeting those Devils guys yesterday. Uh, and they're like, "You're one of us." <laughs> I mean, yeah. who doesn't want to be a New Jersey Devils fan now? I'm going to read you some of the contracts. So you got oh. Timo Meyer, 26 years old, eight point eight million. Uh, for the next eight years. You've got Jack Hughes, uh, 22 years old, $8 million for oh. that contract ends in 2930. You got oh. Jesper Bratt, and that contract, he's 24. Um, that contract ends in 3031. Nico Heischer for four more years, he's 24. Uh, Andre Pilat, which was the big signing last summer, who I absolutely adore. They've just added Tyler Toffoli at $4 million. Uh, and remember, they still have Eric Halla as well. And then on defense, Dougie Hamilton for five more at $9 million. John Marino, underrated, $4.4 million, 26. Uh, Jonas Siegenthaler, uh, 26, $3.4 million for oh. another five years. Um, uh, Luke, Luke Hughes is on there. Obviously, you've got Brendan Smith. They probably need to fill out a little bit more in their defense, defensive side. And then, you know, Vitek Vanacek and Akira Schmidt. And Akira Schmidt had the playoffs. Is this yep. guy for real? Do we yep. know? Uh, Vitek Vanacek's got two more years at $3.4 million. Both of those goalies. Vanacek is 27. Akira Schmidt is 23. That is a pretty young and spectacular dynamic roster. Let, let me give you an idea of how good of a job the New Jersey Devils are doing. So all we're talking about is, well, you got to take these short-term deals. you got to take these short-term deals because the cap is going to go up and it's going to go up and don't worry about the cap is going to go up. He's got all of them on long-term deals. Tom Fitzgerald does. All of them on long-term deals. The biggest one is 8.8. Not a single one of those stars. Stars is over nine. Like, some of these things are going to turn into a pumpkin. You know what I mean? Like, Akira Schmidt is not going to make, like, what? what is it, league minimum yep. forever, right? And Dougie Hamilton's 30. There might be some regression midway through the next five years. Maybe. Yeah, but, like, pretty some, good. Of the, some of the other deals offset that. Jack Hughes uh, being the age he is and Nico Heischer. Like, I, I, I really do think the way their team is structured, they could have several contracts that look like Nathan McKinnon's um, before he started making 12.6. Like, he was making 6.1 or whatever it was, running over the league, getting like 90 points. Yep. And running over the playoffs. Uh, a lot of people forget this because John Tavares makes $11 million now, but his Islanders contract mm-hmm. was stupid. He, he was really at 5.9 again, like one of the, uh, yeah, one of the leading goal scorers in the NHL 
And yeah, he was making 5.9, I think, for six years. These are the the types of contracts the New Jersey Devils could have because their cap situation looks good in the context of today. Tomorrow, it's going to be bonkers. Like, you're talking about a perennial cup contender for at least the next half decade. They've And they probably can add. You oh, know, yeah. Next year, they oh, go up yeah. another $4 million. They could probably add. I, I, I've done no bigger 180, on my opinion, on a team uh, than I have on the New Jersey Devils. They're stellar. They're going to be a monster. The They're last stellar. piece is to get guaranteed goaltending. Yeah. yeah. Like, to get yeah. the starting goalie that you know. And maybe that turns out to be a Schmidt. Like, yeah. it, it's still a question mark. But, like, that's the last piece because the core is so young and talented and it's there. And it's reasonable to just expect every player on the roster, almost every player on the roster, to just get naturally better. Yeah. Jack Hughes, Luke Hughes, Heischer, Brat. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Uh, we, um, because, because there's so much going on, we're going to move through this stuff relatively quickly. Yep. Uh, the first thing I want to get to, um, and since you – well, you know what? I'll, I'll save them, actually. I do want to get to Pierre-Luc Dubois. Traded to L.A., according to Darren Dreger, a very complicated thing to, to make happen. But Dubois signed an eight-year deal with Winnipeg and then was immediately traded. We're seeing more signed trades in the NHL, finally. Um, so basically, it was signed with Winnipeg? I thought it was signed with L.A. No, it was signed with Winnipeg. Oh, it's got to be a sign-in trade to get the eight oh. years. Yeah, you can't sign uh, for eight. Yes. Just, so year one is a $1 million base with an $8 million signing bonus. Um, and then uh, there are a lot of signing bonuses throughout, uh, but towards the end of the deal, um, you're still looking at about $6.8 million that they're just paying as a base salary. However, think about in the context of what that will be on the cap years from now. Well, not to cut you off, but who pays that signing bonus? He oh. signed in Winnipeg. I, I think he's, I think LA plays, pays that. Yeah. I think that's that. He's probably due the signing bonus on July 1st. That's it. Um, that's it. And that's then it. he's property of Oh, the, because yeah, that's when it's they a paid future, out. it's technically a future contract. Yes. yes. Ah, yeah. Okay. Okay. That Bef- makes sense. Before we get to the Jets part of this, and the Jets part of this is very, very interesting. I think that when you look at, you know, LA's top three centermen, bit of a murderer's row here. We've got hmm. Kopitar who can score and shut you down. Yep. You got to know who is to me still the ultimate shutdown center in the, in the league. And then Dubois who can play defense, but is offensively very gifted hasn't had the opportunity to perhaps let that loose with the the the, the dearth of talents that he's played with in Columbus. He in, hasn't in Winnipeg. had the opportunity to play in a situation that he enjoys. Yeah, I I want to see Pierre Luc Dubois on a team that gives a damn about defense. Because the Jets, that's true. I want to see PLD in a situation that he cares about. That too. Give, yeah. Give a damn about a team that he. He likes. better give a damn now. You he's know? pretty he's, good he's in situations it. that you know he hates. <laughs> so <laughs> imagine him happy. That's a really good point. Now, and, and the thing is, is that like he doesn't have to. All those defensive zone set. He could take the defensive zone face off, but you know he's never really going to have to in the playoffs. To know. And, and Kopitar and are going to take that, and he's going to get all the ozone starts, which are going to pump his numbers. And the reality is, this is an eight-year contract that again looks really good. He's twenty-four years old. If he can, if he can pump eighty to ninety points, which is what people think he it's might be able to do, it is a lot. It's a lot to ask. Even seventy. Even seventy. It's not going to be. That's not going to be a crazy deal for LA to deal with. And here's my question: When you look at, and we'll get to Colorado in a second, but I want to bring up Colorado and I want to bring up Edmonton. Because that's who L.A. has got to be thinking about along with Vegas, which is the obvious one. Interesting. Who has got the, t- the best three centers overall? You would say Edmonton Ooh. because of Connor McDavid. But balance-wise, 
and and shutdown wise, is it not the Kings? Well, and Byfield, we're all forgetting That's... Byfield in this equation, right? Mm-hmm. And I think you know because Dubois can play wing, mm-hmm. and uh, if Kopitar I mean, starts to slow down, they can put him on the wing. They can put him on the wing. So I wonder if they have such a like we're we're looking at this one two three four uh, like we're looking at this too closed minded. Um, is there going to be some transition at some point of Kopitar playing a little bit of wing? Does Dubois play a little bit of wing? Do they have three or four of these centers play together? In, well, in Byfield played some wing last year, right? Yeah, so. he played a little left wing. But you want Byfield to be a center because eventually. he has the ability to be a center. You mm-hmm. want him to eventually develop into that. Yeah. So who who has the be- – I mean, uh, I'd say – they might have the best center depth in the league, but still Mc, McDavid's a cheat code. Yeah, Matthews, Matthews Tavares, Kerfoot. No, no, that hasn't I happened will yet. Beat you up! <laughs> I will throw you off the balcony, um, Jesse Blake. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets will get Gabe Velarde, Alex Iofalo, Rasmus Kupari, um, along with uh, a second-round selection next year, which is a pretty good haul. That is unreal. Yeah. yeah. Iofalo is such a great player. He's such a pure goal scorer. I wanted the Leafs to get him so bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. the fact that they get this haul of a deal for a guy who didn't want to be there, and they get all of these different pieces, that'll set them up to be competitive this year. It's not like they traded for future assets. They played for guys who are really good right now. Winnipeg, Kevin Shovel, they have did a great job. They're, they're going to struggle a little bit up the middle if they end up getting rid of uh, Shifley mm-hmm. as well. And the word is they're going to, and also they're going to buy out Wheeler. Oy. So that's going to be Wheeler's tough. a winger, but... But they'll have some space to do it, and who knows, maybe they flip one or two of the uh, four assets they got for Dubois. Like, they're all quality assets, right? Like, there's no throw in there. I like Velarde. I like um, Ayafalo. I like Kupari, actually. And uh, second-round pick is pretty good to have. Those are... There's no throw-ins there. There's there's no fat on that cut of meat that is a good, good deal for the Jets who we thought were backed into a corner. Something I wonder about for the Jets over the next few days is the decision of what is Nikolai Ehlers to the future of this team? It didn't seem like he and Rick Bonus meshed. And I don't, I'm not talking about personality-wise, but he just did not get the usage that you would think, right? This is a guy that, you know, for a while, people really compared him to William Nylander. And that trajectory has not matched, but he's still a very, very good hockey player. He'd have a lot of value to another team, but you know, this does this free up more room for him, or does this mean okay, uh, maybe we got to move on from him too? I think it pushes him down, right? Right? Because yeah, they got more wing depth. What? What? I mean, trading him for a center who can help you now, I think, makes a lot of sense. Here's here's the problem. I think Ehlers is better than his usage as well. Mm-hmm. But he was drafted the same draft as William Nylander. Um, that was 2014. That was nine years ago. That's a long time ago. And that means he's, you know, he's a young man in regular people terms. Mm-hmm. But that is a you're a vet. That's a that's a vet in the prime of his career, who's, you know. F- for whatever reason, injuries, coach doesn't like you, you know, not satisfied with the defense. I, I don't I don't know exactly what it is. Maybe it's a combination of all of it. Uh, he hasn't really played um, high up in the lineup. He hasn't consistently played top line. So if he gets that opportunity, 
it'll come at a cost. Right. And and the cost is you will get your opportunity. You likely will not be competing for a Stanley Cup. Right. Because the team competing for the Stanley Cup, they got their first line figured out probably. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, Canadians. It's that, possible. And I mean, I, I, LA added Barbashev. We would normally go longer, but I am going to move quickly Vegas, just because sorry. we've we we have limited time, and also because a lot of this is going to be we're going to be like wrapping all this stuff up on Friday too. The Canadians pay, uh, in my mind anyway, baffling amount for <laughs> Alex Newhook, thirty uh, first, which is a first round pick, and the thirty thirty seventh second sorry thirty seventh pick tonight. So that's a first and a second for Newhook, who had fourteen goals and sixteen assists. It's a former sixteenth overall pick. A lot of people last season looked to him to potentially be the second line center after Kadri left, maybe step up. Uh, it didn't end up happening. J- JT Confer was more of a fit for that role, and we've got more on him a little bit later. <laughs> but I, I read Eric Engel's post this morning with Sportsnet.ca, and he said the, whether the Canadians are better off with Newhook than they would have been with Dubois, uh, who's six foot two and plays every bit his size, is a questionable is is questionable at best. The wager. Um, it, that the Canadians are making on him is that it is very little risk and it's somewhat similar to what Kirby Doc was last year. And it would be more opportunity um, to work with the development staff that the Canadians have built. Uh, I guess they've got some new cutting edge facilities and that sort of thing. Newhook's value will be capitalized on uh, much faster than the value of the picks that Colorado got. Now, Colorado has moved on from one of those picks already. We'll get to that in a second. But I want to get your guys' reaction to Alex Newhook and, you know, probably slots it as the third line center here, right? Well, so last year we praised Montreal for making a bet on Kirby Doc. Uh, you know, third overall pick, had barely got his feet wet in the league, COVID and all that. And they took a bet on him and he was fine. Mm-hmm. Not great. Fine. You know, um, it was difficult to have a great season on the Montreal Canadiens. So you look at that and you go, okay, that's why Alex Newhook could work. Mm-hmm. Ooh, you gave up. A th- Maybe we shouldn't look at it as first and second. Okay. We should look at it as 30th or was it 31st? 31st. 31st 37th. and 37th. Yeah. So that's how we should look at it. Like, you know, remember a few years ago, Ryan Reeves was traded for a first and everyone freaked out that Ryan Reeves was traded for a first. He wasn't. It, what it was, was I think it was the Penguins moved back something like a dozen picks in order to get him. Not dissimilar to how the Leafs uh, moved down in order to get rid of Morazic. You know, oh, they tied a first to Peter Morazic. No, you just looked at it as they moved down um, a little bit. But a f- the 31st pick and the 37th, plus you're given new hook, what was it, six? Yeah. Hooey! And, you know, you can laugh. Oh, wait, Newhook? Is that what they're paying him? I, I feel like we've had so many conversations since we landed here in Nashville. Mm-hmm, yeah. But I feel like that was the rumor when we were walking through Ooh, the airport. I don't, I don't know if it's finalized. Yeah, it's not. Not as of yet. Well, he's going to no, get a lot no of money. no deal in Montreal yet. Yeah. Okay. Well, it sounds like it's going to be a lot of money. So I guess we'll hold back on that. If he's making significantly more than Kirby Doc, it makes me like the deal a lot less. But... <laughs> Listen, you know, Leaf fan, so there have been plenty of deals where I've had to talk myself into liking. Part of your duty as a fan is to delude yourself <laughs> into thinking <laughs> bad decisions are good ones. And you're smarter than everybody. Your team's smarter. Yes. So, Habs fans, if you're not sure about this and you're feeling bad, I got you covered. 
here's how you trick yourself into thinking this move is good. First of all, it might be. That's, that's by luck. Number two, Kent Hughes used to be his agent. Yes. So any other GM makes this trade, any other GM makes this bet, they're weird. They're really weird. Why would you make this bet? Why would you give all that up? Why would you give them all this money? You're weird. Kent Hughes, who's done basically nothing but awesome moves uh, since he got to Montreal, he knows this player. He knows his potential. He knows this guy. I sometimes criticize GMs for loving their guys. Yep. And that is a problem. But I don't think this is a GM taking a random whoops-a-daisy flyer on a guy he happens to know. This is a GM giving up real assets for a former top 20 pick uh, in the NHL. Uh, who might have just had a bad season. And maybe fits their window. So I the, liked them in, the in problem, their cup run. The problem with the overpay, which I think it is for loving your guys, is that oftentimes you're not competing with anybody when you pay these prices. Because mm. uh, I was talking to producer, producer Drew, and the way he was looking at the draft picks is like, oh, either you look at it as you got two firsts for him or you got two seconds because it's on the back of the first round or it's on the front of the second round. And if you look at it at that, it's a lot to pay for a guy who has a career high of 14 goals. Damn. You know, So if, if you're paying those prices, I got to ask, who's competing with Kent Hughes to get this player? Or is he paying this much because he likes them so much? And in that, I criticize the GM for giving all of these assets, which could be, could have been valuable to go get somebody who's going to play what? Your third line left wing? Yep. Like, Newhook played a lot of, I don't know if he's going to be the center in Montreal. He can play center, but he played a lot of wing for Colorado. And that's a lot for your third line. Maybe that's good. Maybe it's good that he's versatile and could do both. Maybe the Listen, Canadians again, want him I'm trying on the wing. to help people trick themselves into liking this. <laughs> Is that the goal here? Yeah. He's an East Coaster. <laughs> You know, sure. a lot of Habs fans out there on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. I wish I wasn't sure, but well, no, he's a Newfoundlander. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Um, I liked him in the cup run. There's value to having a kid who got all that experience. Um, the um, he was given an opportunity for a bump, and yes, he didn't succeed. He didn't. He didn't take that opportunity at all last year. Uh, he didn't flourish in the role. But he is 22, like you said, and you go back to the 22 season, 2022 season, uh, that recently he was in the AHL for 10 games that year. You right. know, like he was he was down there and then he joins them for the playoffs and all that stuff. So it's still a project, but it's a lot to pay for a project. How when, there often... are so, when there are so many question marks around a player, I'm surprised you had to pay that price. Yeah, but also, like, when are these players ever available? Like... Pierre-Luc Dubois, who has had far more individual NHL success than Alex Newhook. Obviously, Newhook has the ring. Um, he's, he's only a couple years uh, older, but part of the reason you're L.A. and you give up so much for him, three roster players, basically, or two roster players, a prospect and a decent pick, is 24-year-olds who are really good don't become available very often, right? And sometimes they turn into Matthew Kachuk. Yeah. And, and stuff like that. Sure. So um, I just need some evidence that the 
Alex Newhook market was going crazy, and he, uh, Kent Hughes had to throw in it, these picks. It's, it does feel a little bit like Joe Sackick took advantage of a relationship yeah. that he knew was there, and he knew that Ken Hughes coveted the player. Joe, ha- uh, Joe Sackick. And- I think it's fair to admit that I, it looks like it's it the looks case. like it. whether it is or not. I don't know. I so I was talking to someone about this deal, and, and we can't like, linger here too much longer. Yeah. There's too much to get through. No, so I know. You guys are I'm but, throwing but that out there. I I was talking about uh, oh man, Joe Sackick. That guy's an animal, and. Uh, they were like, well, you know he's not GM anymore, right? And I kind of forgot. He's president. It's mm-hmm. Chris McFarland. But mm. the way we should look at it is the president is the GM. That's yeah. the new GM role. Yeah. Um, so just no credit for McFarland. Uh, there was some checking Bobby on Bobby J- Webster. For, for, oh. the, for the Avs part, there was some checking on JT Comfer, who apparently wants somewhere in the neighborhood of like five to six mil. Um, and that's too expensive for the Avs. So they made a trade this morning. That 37th overall pick, the second rounder, I'm actually surprised it wasn't the first rounder, uh, is going to Tampa Bay uh, for Ross Colton, who uh, competitive and strong. And I wonder, so is Colorado, is, are they Nathan McKinnon, um, Colton on the third line, and then on the second line, why, am I, drawing a, why am I drawing a blank on who they traded for yesterday? Uh, oh, two days ago, Ryan Johansson. Oh, um, okay. yeah. So you know, like, and I, I'm looking, and the reason I brought up the LA center thing is because the four teams to me that really stand out in the West are LA, Colorado, uh, Edmonton, and Vegas. Obviously, they're the Cup winners. Those, when I look at the centers on that, I'm uh, beyond Nathan McKinnon. I'm just, I mean, Ross Colton is extremely competitive, amazing in the playoffs. Is he the next step? Can he be the next Kadri? Because they've been searching for that since Kadri left. Yeah. Well, on Tampa, I'm trying to remember if he was even full time. No, he played a lot, a lot of wing. A lot yeah, of wing. Yeah, way. but so you, that's that's because you got point and right. But you look at Ross Sorelli. Colton and the player he is at 26. You're like, he's just better Alex Newhook. Currently, definitely. Yeah. Oh, like Avs Avs fans, the the best news for you. Is I saw this deal and like listen if the Avs do great whatever if they do poorly whatever they're in the Western Conference. So is Newhook in a set and a second for for Ross Colton essentially? It, uh, is that because they didn't trade the first? They kept the first. That's right. Well, yeah, Ross Colton in a first. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you, they, oh yeah, Ross got yeah. that back. So yeah. so I look at it exactly. <laughs> it's pretty good. That's great wheeling and dealing. Yeah. But Avs fans, my first thought was yes, Colton's out of the division. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Any piece of that friggin' Tampa team you can pick off of the carcass. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the carcass that might, you know, win a cup. Um, please do. Yeah, no, right. that's awesome. Like, so, and th- you th- asked the question about, like, why are these guys available? Uh, Ross Colton's available in Tampa because he's an RFA and needs a new deal and they can't afford it. Right. I guess Colorado can. There are guys that come up available. You don't need to overpay. It's – I. this is a – Fascinating. Like we're gonna probably skip over like huge deals because yeah, there there have been like what ten trades since we landed. Yeah, yeah. and we got we got a show on Friday. Uh, Milan Lucic, uh, so uh, STPN's uh, Chris Johnston and Rick Dollywall. Donnie and Dolly out in uh, Vancouver. It looks like Lucic to the Bruins is going to happen. Whether it's today or tomorrow, um, the reunion is extremely. Extremely imminent. As it should be. <laughs> um, moving on, though, I, I do want to talk about the Leafs a little bit here, too. Uh, three teams are in on Eric Carlson. The Leafs are one of them. Carolina and Seattle purported to be the others. It's surprising that Carolina would be in on that. But then it's not when you consider, you know, the Brent Burns and the Max Patch Ready deals last offseason. 
The question becomes, and, and again, I think the Leafs, of the three teams on that, they're the third most likely to get them because uh, of the cap situation and this sticking to their core four. The Carolina thing doesn't make sense because why would they reunite Burns and Carlson when we saw uh, for a We saw it not work. If we saw for a decade, it didn't work. Unless well, Burns they, is going back. But I think Brett Pesci might be on the way out in Carolina. Yeah, but still, like, it's, oh, and and let's not forget uh, the Tony D'Angelo thing. <laughs> so you're going to have a right side yeah. of Carlson Burns D'Angelo? That's a my, weird one. My eyebrows raised when I saw Carolina because I was like, we have Burns and Carlson for a decade. Carolina doesn't have to do D'Angelo, by the way. They cannot do yeah. it. They could, yeah, they could simply, that is certainly what I would do, yeah. is not do. Well, <laughs> if, if, if you got Carlson, you don't need D'Angelo. Uh, Sorry, Philly, you can keep him. You may never need D'Angelo. Yeah. You may never need Carlson. Yeah. yeah I was talking what? to somebody last night who would know, and they were like, well, they like him because he's cheap. <laughs> D'Angelo. Oh, D'Angelo. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, okay, oh, and half, I yeah. forgot that it was half retained. So God, that's a nightmare Eric, if that happens. Because I was like, why would they? Why? Eric Carlson, though, is interesting because previously, the only thing we've ever heard from Mike Greer is that the most he's willing to knock off that contract, guys, is like 20%. So that brings you down to about nine, seven, five, maybe nine and a half million for Eric Carlson because his contract's 11 and, 11 and a half. So, he must have moved off that number. He knows he's got to make this move. Guy's won the Norris Trophy. He's got you a 100-point season. Uh, at a certain point, with the injury history, everybody's assumption, I'm not speaking out of school here, is that this turns into a pumpkin. We just don't know how quickly. I don't understand how he fits the Leaf system. I don't fully understand. I'm with you guys on the Carolina thing. It's a bit odd. Seattle makes sense to me. They got the cap Seattle room. does make sense. They've got the assets. And they really are a team... Team team. You know, Matty Beneers did win the Calder, but they're like the most spread out, even team that we've seen in a long time, perhaps other than the Vegas Golden Knights. They don't really have like a star. You need a little star power. Mm -hmm. And Eric kind of makes sense. They've got a full cupboard. They've got draft picks. They got everything the Sharks could need. Seems to like the West. Yeah. Seems to be comfy out there. They wouldn't even have to change colors all that much. (laughs) Go a little north, keep the same jersey. It's still turquoise. (laughs) I'm really... I like to have fun. I'm trying to picture how Eric Carlson becomes a Leaf. Uh, I can't can't do it. I think what's going to matter here is what William Nylander's number comes in at. Because if you're William Nylander, you look at Pierre-Luc Dubois, you scored 20 more points than him last year alone. But you've been a playoff performer as well. Um, And yeah, there have been people that have like, quote unquote, question your motivation. But if you look at William Nylander uh, on the whole, guy's pretty motivated. Uh, don't play center. Plays doesn't play center. That okay, fine. You don't play center. How much of a discount is that though? Well, so to, like to me, the the better comparable would be Meyer, because Meyer plays a lot more wing than Dubois does. Meyer is getting eight point eight. Um, you're William Nylander. Are you Timo Meyer? You're better. Uh, no, you're not. You think you're better? I think, he's you're better. Better. I think skill-wise, you may Every have a point, but physically imposing himself. Every day of the week, Willie over Timo. Like, uh, Timo did not have a good playoff. No, he's terrible. He has historically had a good playoff, though. Yep. Um, so if you're just looking at, like, uh, recent regular seasons, I mean, if we just go strictly by points, um, all those guys are going to have inflated totals because everything is built around them. And if you're not scoring, nobody's scoring. Yeah. 
right? So those guys are. It's like they've got themselves into a cycle where they're well, but the agent going to be the top. The agent's going to say, but but if you're keeping him here, he is one of those guys. So yeah. inflated totals or not, you can't use that argument because oh, yeah. he's going to be the one scoring. It's looking more right. and more like they need to just make a decision on Marner or William Nylander because the word of the contract is that he wants in the nine range and At least they're not willing the to go that. And but. Eight also doesn't work because it's going to be like high eights, right? It's going to be in and around the Timo number. If they, if they mm-hmm. get him down to that, down to the eight from whatever that is. Um, and then how do you fit your other winger? And then, Matt, and then Matthew's getting a, a gigantic raise. Now, well, uh, we heard so, from Frank Cervalli. You know, so you go into July 1st. You don't have a contract extension with Willie. You can't really play out the season and then let him walk. Like, that's unforgivable no, no, if no, they let that happen. So if they can't get to that number, there's a decision to be made on how you move out pieces to get him to that number or you, which one you're going to re-sign. And there's a reckoning coming with the Leafs where they need to make a decision. Yeah. I'm just waiting for some sort of decision from Treliving and Co. So I've, I've been saying it's got to be one of Marner and Nylander, and you know, both players are extremely good. Um, but... Tying this into another topic from today, David Kampf, around $2.5 million. There's a, yeah, the there's conflicting years. reports. Is it 2.4? Is it 2.5? So, uh, too much. Do we all agree? Well, okay. I like the player, but so too much. So, James Myrtle tweeted his 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 market value uh, in free agency would be $3 million plus. Mm-hmm. Yes, because this free agent class stinks. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'd have to replace him somehow. They got a free agent on a deal, if you look at it. When you think of it that way. But there's another way to think of this. I I actually uh, think term – this is a rare example where term makes me more comfortable because if he only got one or two years, I'd be like, well, okay, so now he's at 2.5 and the cap's not really going up. That sucks. Mm -hmm. You know, he got a a million-dollar raise. That wipes out the Leafs' uh, cap bump this year. You You used it on David Kampf. You know what I mean? That's pretty tough. Four years, though. In three, four years, you're not going to give a shit about $2.5 million. But I I linked it to Marner. Marner is probably the most important penalty killer on the team. He was uh, second runner-up for the Selkie. Mm -hmm. uh, Third place, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, He's an incredible part of what the straw that stirs the Leafs drink. Matthews does not kill penalties. Tavares does not kill penalties. That is, you know, by the time Matthew signs his extension, that's going to be something like $25 million worth of centers who don't kill penalties. So David Kampf's uh, role on this team, I'd be asking for $2.5 million too. Like, who's going who's to be a center on your penalty kill if it's not me? Uh, who's who's going to – like, are you going to throw Matthews out there? He's going to be blocking shots? Is that what's going to happen? Right. Who? What winger are you going to teach to take face-offs this time? You know, oh, we're going right back to the Babcock days where Hyman's your number one defensive center despite not being one uh, at all. Um, you know, oh, what about Noel Achari? He's not signed. What about Ryan O'Reilly? Well, he's not signed. So it, it all works together where – Camp is actually important enough to this team uh, for the role he plays where he's worth the money. And also, because your top two guys don't kill penalties, Matthews has improved leaps and bounds defensively, but your top two centers don't kill penalties. I don't know if you can afford 
to let go of Marner unless you do some real finagling mm-hmm. uh, with this team. It's going to be interesting. I mean, Conf, uh, you know, Conf is overpaid, no question, in the first year of this deal. Uh, and free agency, you, you are always overpaid. But I guess if you're the Leafs and you're looking at it on balance, year one, he's overpaid. Year two, he's probably par. And year three and four, he's under. So you, you come out net positive in the Leafs thing. But again, what are they going to do this year? And I think this is why they had to no sign idea. Conf. It's like their bottom six, they, who the fuck is in their bottom six in the forward? Absolutely no idea. And, and we know that True Living wants to completely remake the defense. Whether or not he's able to do it is interesting. But the fact that they're even talking about Eric Carlson tells you that there could be a completely new look this year. Well, and the D is what's locked up. I know. Yeah. I know. It's you're right. Part yeah. Of the that's so, on. right. So, this is, you know, we looked at Craig Conroy mm-hmm. and we're like, how is he going to pull all this off? Yep. And I'm looking at Treliving. I'm looking at what needs to be done, which actually conflicts with what he wants to get done. And I'm like, okay, but you haven't done anything. Hmm. When are all these. Is he just going to do a shitload on the draft floor and all of us are going to have to come back and you know redo this? Like Because if he wants to reconstruct the defense and he also has to add to the bottom six, when's this all happening? Exactly. Is he going to... Oh, it's going to have to happen in the next couple of weeks, is it not? Yeah. No. Could happen in July. I guess. And I that guess. Which is in sucks. the next couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is June 28th. Yeah, um, I do. I do want to say a couple things before we do kind of go on the Kevin Hayes deal. Uh, disappointed uh, Flyers fans, I think that that they thought the return was nothing. And it's interesting going back. I was reading the Philadelphia Inquirer this morning, and when Torts was inter- introduced last June, he said, "I want to try to help him because if I can help him and make him understand that we're going to try to get him on another level." And what he does for the Flyers organization. I've watched him from afar and there's more there. That relationship deteriorated to the point where in February, Kevin Hayes was openly speaking to the media about a trade. And you got to remember, this guy came back from three abdominal surgeries the previous season. And then, of course, his, the tragic passing of his brother, Jimmy Hayes, uh, beloved Boston Bruin player. Uh, he was an all-star this year. Um, and you know, he gets a fresh start in St. Louis. So it's a good deal for St. Louis because they get him at 50%. Uh, it's a good deal for Kevin. I want it. If you're a Flyers fan, I want you to hear me on this one. The most important thing, the most valuable thing that you can get this off season, no matter who you are is cap space. It's more valuable than a first round pick. Sorry. If Chicago had the Connor Bedard trade, uh, uh, pick available, that's the most valuable piece. But besides that, this is the most valuable thing you can do. So what Danny Breer did, who cares what came back? What you what came back was three and a half million dollars. Yeah. And and maybe they don't spend to the cap this year because they don't need to, but they're the third man in on a trade that needs to work for a double retention. And it gets them more assets there. You're gonna have to look at this trade on balance with what they do with that cap space going forward. It is unquestionably anybody we speak to. That's the thing people are looking for. We don't know for sure they're trading Scott Lawton or Travis Konechny, but from what I'm hearing, they're going to get like an absolute windfall for them. Yeah, Konechny's going to be crazy. Someone's going to grossly overpay for those players. Oh, uh, Not that they're bad. Stars have re-signed Evgeny Dadanoff this morning. Two years, $2.25 million per. He went from the Sens to the Golden Knights, to then almost the Ducks, and then that trade was called back. And then Montreal last year finally found a home in Dallas. This guy can, can score. And here's the thing. At $2.25 million, he's a winger. Maybe not defensively sound. But when we talk about depth scoring, what are the problems, say, like and I'm going to use the Leafs as an example. The Leafs got eliminated from the playoffs 
because they scored two goals a game for the final seven games. Mm-hmm. That's why they did. You know, Dallas will have more depth scoring because of a guy like this. And that's what the Leafs have to try to find, right? Yeah. Um, and that's the kind of thing. So a couple names I wanted to bring up we to you guys. We do need to wrap. And then we're going to wrap. Mark Spector believes that Clem Costin and Kaylor Yamamoto are gone with the Oilers. Clem's contract's up. Yamamoto would be a $500,000 penalty this year and next. Something to keep in mind. Both players might be good fits uh, for an East Coast team that we cheer for. But we'll wrap it up there. Uh, the Oilers are looking for a defenseman. So we got the live stream tonight. Jesse, get to editing. Sorry that we have to leave you with this. <laughs> Here, I want to leave you with a bold prediction. Go, do it. Adam Fantilli goes fourth. Oh, my God. That'd be crazy. That would be nuts. All right. Let's see it. Thanks for watching. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Powered by Sports Interaction. Want to bet? Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle at Adam W-Y-L-D-E and at Jesse Blake.